You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and happy Thursday. The Eagles 2021 NFL Draft Class has officially landed in Philly and are getting ready for rookie minicamp. After arriving at the facility on Wednesday and speaking with the media, majority of the Eagles rookies are at the podium and it's locked, loaded, and ready for you. I'm your host, Rachel Prevett, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Before the break, you'll hear from Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, Jacoby Stevens, and Kenny Gainwell. And after the break, you'll hear from Teron Jackson, Zach McPherson, Patrick Johnson, and Milton Williams as they prepare to head into rookie minicamp that will take place from May 14th through May 16th. So let's take a listen. Hey, Devontae. Uh, it's been almost two weeks now since you got drafted. What's this time been like for you? I guess there's some extra responsibilities being a first-round pick, but how eager were you to, to get on the field here and get to, to the Novacare Complex? Uh, I mean, it's always great just to be able to go back to um, playing football and doing things like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited and I'm ready to get to work. Go ahead, Les, and then Bo Wolf. Rate, thanks again for talking to me the other day. Uh, I was talking to your mom about her work, and she was telling me how you uh, really wish she was doing something else. Especially growing up, you were uncomfortable with some of the situations she had to go into. Can you tell me more about that, and and did you ever think of, like, trying to go with her to make sure she was safe and things of that nature? Um, Well, all the time. um... Anytime that she was just like she was gonna go out and do something with work, um, I always ask like, "Is is this the time I can come?" So anytime she let me come, I always went. And um, it was just the like job she's doing. I mean, you go into people's, you go into family houses and take take their children away from them. So I mean, it's not always the easiest job. I mean, I've I've been there a while and I didn't heard things that that happened and it wasn't so safe. And I mean, just like that's not something that you would want your your mother to be in just to be in a situation like that. So, um, I mean, I've always wanted her to not be, to not be doing it, but I mean, that's uh-huh. what she went to school for. That's what she, en- she likes. That's what she enjoys doing. So, I mean, I can't blame her for that, but I always wish she was in a different situation. What did you, uh, did this affect you in terms of what you were like growing up and what you value and, and so forth? Uh, you know, having exposure to these kinds of situations that she was in, how did that, did that have anything to do with what, how you became, what kind of person you became? Oh, uh, I think it made me a, me a better son just because, um, knowing the things that go on in other people's households, it's just like, I would never want to put my mom in no situation like that. So I always try to do the right things. I always try to be 
on the right path. I mean, when I was young, I wasn't the perfect child. I mean, I was in trouble a lot, but I mean, like, I always try my best to keep her out of situations like that. Thank you very much. Bo and then John McMullen. Devontae, I've heard um, the story of your brother coming to stay with you at Alabama during the summers. Um, what, what, why did you decide to do that? And what were those summers like? You know, how did you sort of take care of him while you were doing your work? Um, well, he always wanted to come up there. I mean, my brother, he likes being around me. Um, I like having him around just because I know that if he's around me at Alabama, he's not back at home around none of the bad things that's going on around there. So, um, and it was always just a time for him just to see that, like, this wasn't given to me. I had to work for this. So, like, anytime I had a workout or anything, he was getting up with me at 530 in the morning, going to a workout. So, like, he seen, like, what you have to do to get to this point. And it was just always good for him to see that. And, I mean, I enjoy having my brother around me. Thank you. John and then Martin. Hey, Devontae. Uh, uh, you just mentioned your family, your mother, your brother. Did uh, did the impact and sort of your relationship with, with both uh, kind of speed up your maturity, help you from a football standpoint? Do you ever think of it that way? Um, I was always kind of mature. Um, I wouldn't say that just being with them made me mature. That's just how I always was because I was always by myself a lot. Um, I, I didn't never really – I feel like I'm a real independent person. I never really depended on anybody to do anything for me. So that's how my mom is. That's how my dad is. So it was just like that's how I was, not necessarily because of them. Um, that's just the things I seen, and that's just how I always was. So being around them, um, it has something to do with it, but – I wouldn't say that was a major part of it. Martin and then Zach uh, Berman. Hey, Devontae. Um, as, as it turned out, like, after you were drafted, we kind of found out that the Giants wanted to take you at number 11. And I was kind of wondering, like, how aware of you, how aware were you of that? And if you kind of got a sense of, like, the Eagles-Giants rivalry, because it seemed like the Giants were, Giants fans were pretty upset. Um, I mean, with the draft, you never know what to expect. Um, you never know who's going to trade up, trade down. So, I mean, things just kind of happen. So, um, from what I've heard and the things that I've seen, I mean, I see that the rivalry is pretty, pretty big just from that moment. But, I mean, like, I, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, it's the draft. Just anything can really happen. Zach and then Nick Fierro. Hey, Devontae, I've heard you only let one person cut your hair. Uh, why is that? And is he coming with you to Philly? Um, just because I let somebody cut my hair one other time and it ain't work out too well. So that's when I found out, like, you never let nobody else cut your hair. And I mean, anytime I need a cut, I know he'll come up here and cut my hair. How long ago was that? Uh, it was a long time ago. I don't know exactly how long, but it was a long time ago. Nick and then Ed Kratz. Hi, Devontae. Um, by all accounts, um, from what we hear, you're, what makes you a great receiver, one of the things is, is great route running. Um, you know, who, who instilled that in you? And, um, you know, how much work did you have to do to, to become such a great route runner? Um, I mean, as a receiver, your job is to get open and catch the ball. So, I mean, the way you get open is by running good routes, good technique and things like that. And I mean, catching the ball is catching the ball. That's that's your main two jobs as a receiver. So I mean, like, that's something that you have to take pride in, getting open, running running routes the right way, 
releasing off press coverage and things like that. So, I mean, you have to take pride in that, and that's what I do. Was there somebody that, that at an early age kind of, uh, you know, taught that to you? Uh, I would say from a release aspect, uh, my high school coach, Coach Gordon, I mean, he helped me with the releases and things like that. I, I feel like my my release package, majority of it comes from him. But um, the route running, that's just something that I kind of dug into myself. Ed and then Mike K. Devontae, just just curious um, how uh, how much interaction or exposure you've had with the playbook over these last 10 days or with, you know, uh, Coach Aaron Moorhead and, you know, even Jalen Hurts and maybe Jalen Rager. Um, I mean, you always want to know what the playbook is like. You always want to get into it. So, I mean, I kind of dug into it a little bit myself. But, I mean, I'm, I'm still learning right now, still trying to get the grasp of things. And if you, uh, I'm sorry if I could just follow up. If 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 you uh, got together with Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Rager at any point over the uh, last ten days here, um, no, not at all. Mike, and then Rob Motti. Hey, Devontae, I know you said you, you haven't gotten together with Jalen, but obviously he was there to greet you when you came to the Never Hair Complex for the first time. Uh, he was wearing a Jordan and Pippen shirt. Was there like some underlying message there? Did you guys? Have any conversations about what could be between the two of you guys? Oh, uh, I I didn't even know it's the shirt, honestly, until you just said that. Well, um, I mean, we always talked about the possibility of us getting back together, being teammates again. So, I mean, it's that's great that it happened. I mean, we spoken into existence, so it happened, and uh, we're excited. Rob and then Tim McManus. Devontae, I know you have a lot of confidence in your ability, and you recently said when you were asked about who could be the uh, the best quarterback wide receiver combo reuniting you and Jalen are, uh, wh where do you get that confidence from? And, and is there a fine line between being cocky and, and being uh, confident and being arrogant? And, and how do you, uh, how do you draw that line? Um, I believe you ask Waddle and Tua, or you ask um, Joe Burrow and Jamal, I mean, they're going to say themselves. I mean, that's what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to feel confident about that. But um, it's just, yeah, it's just being confident. I mean, I believe um, me and Jalen will will continue the connection that we had. But I mean, that's just the confidence in it. If you're not confident in what you're doing, then I mean, you're in the wrong business. How much can that familiarity? Because we talk about familiarity with each other, but how much can that really help you guys as you transition into the NFL with him? Um. It can only it can only help um, help so much. I mean, you have to continue that. So we have to continue building from there. I mean, just because we had the connection in college, don't mean that it's the same now. I mean, we both grown as players. We both have things that we added to our game. So I mean, we have to build from that and get better now. I mean, I I feel like whatever we did in college, it has nothing to do with now because things have changed over time. We have time for a few more. So Tim, Jeff, and then Bo. Devontae, what do you know about uh, Jalen Rager's game? Uh, how do you think you guys can complement one another, and, and what do you think you're you're capable of? Um, he's very explosive. He's very fast. I mean, overall, he's a great receiver. I mean, we can complement each other, just help each other out with things in our game. So it may be something that I'm doing that he's not doing or something that he's doing that I'm not doing, and we can just help each other out every way. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry, Devonta. Um, 
Devante, uh, we've heard so much about you. We've heard uh, other players uh, like Landon uh, be asked about you. What about Landon Dickerson? What can you tell us about him and your experiences with him and basically his personality that, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't show to the media? Um, I mean, Landon's a dog. He's somebody that's going to – he's literally going to leave everything online, whether he's hurt or not. I mean, like – Guy had an ACL injury and he was still trying to be out there. I mean, that's the type of guy he is. That's the type of guy that you want to play with. Somebody that is going to put the team first. And then overall, he's a great leader. I mean, whatever he said at Alabama, people listened to it. It was never, it was no if, ands, or buts about it. If he said it, we went with it and we was rolling. We'll wrap it up with Bo and then Les. Devontae, on that on that topic, you and Landon have both sort of been described as as culture setters um, and and leaders. If you could bring, you know, part of the Alabama culture with you to the Seagulls team, what would it be? Um, I would say the discipline. I mean, you got to be disciplined in what you do. Um, discipline brings you a long way, whether it's committing turnovers that, that's undisciplined turnovers, um, penalties that's undisciplined. So just, I would say the discipline aspect of football. Thank you. Go ahead, Les. Hey, Devontae, one more thing. Uh, we're number six. Uh, does that have to do with the sweet six thing in high school, or did you just happen to get uh, get given number six at Alabama? Um, honestly, Alabama, it was just kind of like I knew I couldn't get number three, so it was just like I take any single digit that they give me, and then they just <laughs> okay. gave me six. So it was just like, okay, sweet six, I'm gonna run with it. And you you like that, so you're keeping it here, I assume. <laughs> Most definitely. Thank you. Hi, Landon. Um, hey, how's it going? Good, good. Hey, congratulations on the uh, proposal. I hope hope uh, your girlfriend said yes there. Um, yeah, she said yes. Okay. I don't know if it was spur of the moment, but she hasn't taken it back yet. <laughs> congratulations. Where, where was that? Was that in Mobile or? That was in uh, Gulf Shores, not far from Mobile. Okay. Um, I just want to ask you, what, what can you do this week? Uh, you know, I, I'm obviously you're still rehabbing what what uh what do you plan to do uh over these next few days at rookie camp really i got off the plane here a couple hours ago so uh we're, we still have to kind of go through a plan evaluate where i'm at meet with the coaches the athletic trainers the strength coaches and you know i'm, I'm sure they kind of have a plan in place for them and obviously it'll change depending on where i'm at but you know, right now I, I haven't gone over a plan, so I'm not I'm not sure what they expect of me or what I'm going to be doing this weekend. Thank you. Hey, Landon. Uh, I'm Les Bowen. Uh, I hope I won't offend you if I asked you about Devontae Smith instead of yourself. Um, no. No. What can you tell me? Uh, what Tell me something people don't realize or don't know about Devontae Smith. Um. Smitty's a funny dude. I don't know if you can tell. I mean, in his interviews, he may seem a little quiet. And I know if you don't know him well, you may think he's kind of quiet and reserved. But Smitty's a funny dude. What? How? What? How was he as a teammate? What do you remember about him most as a teammate at Alabama? Really, I just remember, you know, how how he was off the field mainly, just how he carried himself in the locker room, you know in the dining hall, in the weight room, just, you know, he was just overall a great person, a great human being, great teammate to be around. 
you know, a guy that no matter if we were playing football or not, is somebody I'd want to hang out with. Thank you. We'll go to John McMullen and then Martin Frank. Hey, Landon. Um, just curious, you and your fiance, you both went to Florida State, right? And then yeah. you both came over to Alabama? Is that yes, correct? Yes, sir, we did. Uh, congratulations on that. And and also from the football standpoint, I know you said physically, you know, they're going to have a plan for you. But mentally, was Stout, has he gone over you some of the basics with the playbook and things like that? Yeah, so we've we've talked about the playbook and plays a little bit. So, of course, there will be a lot more installing now that we're here and I'm in, you know, Philadelphia. We can start meeting, you know, in person, face-to-face or in meeting rooms or however it may work out. I, I honestly couldn't tell you how meetings will be conducted. But, you know, now that we're in mini camp, rookie mini camp, we'll, we'll really start to dive into the playbook. Go ahead, Martin, and then Dave Zingaro. Hey, Landon. Um, I was wondering, like, once obviously you're all recovered from your injuries and you start playing, practicing, and all that, what, what do you think your toughest adjustment is going to be to the NFL? You know, just coming from Alabama and everything, like, what's the toughest adjustment? I think the biggest thing is going to be, you know, the speed of the game. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's individual per person. It changes, you know, some people. It's all about kind of how each individual sees whether it's, you know, really fast, kind of fast, how how much of a change you see from, you know, Alabama to the NFL or wherever college or university you attended. So for me, it's just going to be figuring out, you know, how fast is this game played at this point relative to, you know, what I experienced in college and, you know, what kind of adjustments do I need to make off of that? Dave and then Paul Domowicz. Hey, Landon. Uh, getting a chance to play center after playing some other positions, how much better of an overall football player did it make you? Um, learning that position is obviously really important to the success of the offense. Uh, I think I was always the same football player. It was just more of a trying to get the best five guys on the field or the best combination of five guys, and that's really what I've always been about is it really doesn't matter what position I'm at on the field or, you know, if I'm even on the field, as long as the best five players are on the field, that's all that matters for offensive line play. Um, you know, I always kind of prided myself on trying to know what everybody's doing, you know, position wise, you know, both tackles, guards and centers, just so you, you know, having a full understanding of what the offense is trying to accomplish, what the offensive line is trying to accomplish can help you to improve your game too. Paul and then Mike K. Yeah, Landon, Devontae was talking about uh, your leadership ability earlier, and he said you're one of those guys that when you speak, people listen. It's curious, is that, is that leadership quality been something that you've always had? Has it come natural, uh, or is it something you kind of had to develop? Uh, I don't really think. There's been some development of it, obviously, but it really comes down to, you know, who I – you know, want to be as a person. So I want to be somebody that guys can lean on, that respect me, that trust me, that, you know, I'm not going to BS them. I'm going to do what's best for them, what's best for the team. And, you know, honestly, I think, like, that's kind of the, the personality I have, and that's how people thought of me at Alabama. So, you know, when I spoke to them, even if it was something that, you know, may not have been 
you know, good for them. Maybe it was trying to help them with a certain technique or a play or an issue on or off the field. It was, you know, me trying to help them, even though they may think, you know, it, it may feel like a personal attack coming from someone else. You know, I, I always want to be a guy that, you know, just kind of explain to them, you know, hey, this is what needs to happen. You know, it may not be a great situation for you, but if we want to accomplish, you know, this, this, and this, this is what has to happen. So it's really, it's really just about, you know, people know that I'm not trying to, you know, get a workaround on them or anything like that. It's just, you know, I, I love each and every one of the guys I've played with and I just want the best for them and the best for the team. Mike and then Zach Berman. Hey, Landon. Um, you've obviously played all five positions, but what do you like about playing in that phone booth inside? Um, I like being on the field and playing offensive line. That's really one thing I enjoy. That's why I still keep playing football. Go ahead, Zach, and then Bo Wolf. Hey, Landon, uh, I, I hope I'm not prying too much here, but uh, you did share it on social media uh, in, in terms of the engagement. Um, was that something you had been planning for a while to do after you were drafted? And uh, if there's any details you are, are willing or, or, or want to share, about the engagement itself. I had been planning that well before the draft process even started. So uh, it wasn't spur of the moment thing. Haven't signed the contract yet. Haven't gotten a penny. So uh, it was, it, you know, it came from the heart. It's something I wanted to do. So it just kind of happened to work out with that date because it was one of the last free, you know, weekends we had. Oh, and then Jeff McLean. Who's the better athlete between the two of you, Lenny? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, for some background information, Brooke is a All-American beach volleyball player from Florida State. So um, maybe depending on the surface in, in a race, she, she has bested me on the sand before because that was a new kind of terrain to run on. Um, but... I don't know if we have to do some sort of overall athletic ability test to figure that out, but just to be safe, I'm going to say that she's probably the better athlete. That's smart. Um, can I ask you about the, uh, the, the leadership stuff? Um, you know, you and Devante have both been sort of described as, as culture setters. Um, and this is, you know, this is a new regime with a new coaching staff. Is that something that's been, um, you know, told to you that, that you two are here to sort of bring some of the, you know, the Alabama culture to this locker room? Um, I think really it's not, it's not about the Alabama culture. It's just about who we are as people. So, you know, we, we have our own unique culture here and I'm, I'm still in the process of learning that and seeing, you know, what the coaches, you know, how, how they want to change it, what they see needs to be changed. And, you know, honestly, for me, it's just, you know, really trying to, you know, it's, it's really, it's about winning games, but in my, the way I view football is, you know, my mindset is no matter what the score is, I've always wanted to make the other team quit. And that's really the same kind of mindset I want to bring here. It's just relentlessness on and off the field and in everything you do. And I think it's not only a great mindset for games, but anything you do in life, it's kind of like, you know, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Um, you know, that's just really how I feel. And it brought us success at Alabama, and I feel like the same mindset could bring us success to this team this year. Thank you. Go ahead, Jeff. 
Uh, Landon, who are some of your heroes in life? I guess some some you've met, some you haven't, uh, that have kind of influenced uh, how you view life and how you uh, how you behave. Yeah. I mean, really, really, I could sit here all day and name people. Um, you know, really, you know, my parents, my family, the coaches I've had, friends I've had. It's you know, all those people have you know, they, they've all shaped my life in different ways. And I'm thankful for every single person. There's just, I mean, we'd have to sit here for hours to name everybody, but you know, they, they've all played a role, you know, different sizes, but they've all played a role in developing and shaping who I am today. Well, gun your head down. Can you name one? Uh, my mom, my dad, what'd you say? I uh, just the one that stands out the most. I'm sorry. You, you answered it. Okay. Hi, hey, Jacoby. I uh, just want to ask you, um, could you give us two or three goals that you hope to achieve uh, this week coming out of uh, this rookie camp? Yeah, um, this, you know, making a great first impression, that's one. Um, you know, this is going to be really the first time I can get in front of, you know, all the coaches. You know, you know, they send scouts out for the pro days and stuff like that, but to be the first time where the coaches really see me move in person. Um, so, I, you know, just want to uh, give a good impression and uh, show that I can move around and, and that uh, that I'm basically what I showed the scouts, you know, for the scouts that, you know, stuck up for me, you know, you know, hopefully give them a, um, you know, a pat on the back, you know, so they, you know, so they, you know, they can say they did their job right. Um, you know, and, it's an, and another thing is just, just getting acclimated with, you know, the uh, operations facility, the people, that work inside of it, and uh, this eventually getting kind of acclimated with the city. Um, so you know, hopefully this will become a, a home for many years to come. So you know, I want to make my make sure that I'm comfortable with uh, where I'm going to be around around uh, the most. Go ahead, Mike, and then Jimmy Kemsky. Hey, Jacoby, I uh, wanted to take you outside of football for a second, but I I read that you led um, a voting initiative at LSU to kind of get everybody um, squared away in voting. What went into that initiative? What gave you the drive to do that? And um, overall, how did it, it turn out uh, to your expectations? Yeah, um, you know, doing, you know, trying to get all my guys registered to vote was just really uh, something that, you know, I saw um, – what was kind of just going on and stuff like that. And, and I just wanted to show the guys that, you know, you can, you know, you can do the uh, different protests and stuff like that, but, you know, this is how you really have your voice heard. This is what is put in uh, into law. This is what actual people use, uh, you know, for you to actually uh, get things done. Um, you know, and, and my biggest thing was just to inform those guys that they have that type of power. Um, you, you know, I wasn't trying to go in with trying to push an, uh, push any agenda or telling the guys who to vote for. So, you know, I, I don't even know how many guys actually went in uh, and actually uh, cast their vote in. But um, I just knew that I wanted to get the guys registered to vote. I think that's um, that was one step uh, in the right direction. I mean, you'd be surprised of all the college students that are uh, able to vote that aren't registered, you know. Um, so being able to do that and just kind of giving those guys information and um, opportunity and giving those guys those type of opportunities, um, I, I thought that it would, would, would be a good idea and it would look good for um, us as not uh, not only as a football team but just a school to uh, start pushing that initiative. Go ahead, Jimmy, and then Paul Domowicz. 
Uh, hey, Jacoby, uh, Benny Logan played here and he wore the, the 18 jersey at LSU. So we know a little bit about that. But can you tell us the significance of the number seven jersey uh, that you wore at LSU? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I kind of uh, smile when you uh, mentioned Benny Logan. You know, he was one of the, he was one of the coaches uh, last year at LSU. And uh, man, I, you know, I, you know, he he he's still very fond of Philly. And, uh, you know, he you know, he's told me about it and, and the things that he like to do, you know, in the city on his pastime. But um you know, just like 18, the number he wore seven is just uh, it's just a big of a number. I mean, just uh, yes, last night, uh, Derek Stingley got announced uh, that he was gonna wear number seven, and um, you know, it's, it's a big deal, especially there at LSU. I mean, the likes of Patrick Peterson, Grant Delpit, uh, DJ Charks, uh, Leonard Fournette, Tyron Matthews, those are the guys that wear seven at LSU. Um, and for me, it was being able to wear uh, my idol's uh, number at his school, and that was Patrick Peterson. Uh, you know, he wore that at LSU, and um, the coach gave me the opportunity to, to wear it. You know, I jumped at it, and um, you know, I, and and I, you know, it was it was a good experience, and you know, I was uh, able to fulfill the childhood dream. Go ahead, Paul, and then John McMullen. Yeah, Jacoby, uh, what was last year like coming off a national championship? Uh, I mean, was there a letdown? You lost. You know, there were a lot of guys that you played with that graduated. Um, I mean, what was the year like for you and and for your teammates? Right. I mean, um, you know, you know, I, I wouldn't be here telling the truth if I said that we, you know, I was uh, happy with how the season went. No one goes into a season wanting to go five and five, uh, or you know, just getting five hundred. So coming off a national championship year and and going five and five, you know, there was definitely some growing pains. Um, I, I, but I also think you know, coming from that and reflecting back on that year. I was able to uh, grow, and I was able to grow as a, a leader. I was able to go as a player and a person. Um, you know, it just you know I was able to, to learn from the lessons that that short year uh, taught me, and um, you know I, I think I'm a better person and leader uh, from that. Go ahead, John, and then Zach Berman. Hey, Jacoby, you just mentioned uh, Patrick. He's wearing number seven this year because of the. The jersey changes, you, you mentioned he was your idol. Curious how how much interaction you've had with him over the years. Um, I, you know, I, you know, he, he was, you know, he was in all the way in Arizona. I mean, the little uh, interaction I had with him was actually came from my junior year after we played uh, Florida uh, at home. And um, I had a pretty good game. Um, you know, I covered Kyle Pitts some and had some couple of tackles on the running backs and whatnot. And uh, after the game, uh, you know, he came up to me. He said I had a good game, and you know, you know, it maybe was a small exchange for him, but for me, that was such a big deal. You know, like literally as soon as he, you know, walked off, or uh, I think he drove off after he said that. Uh, you know, I automatically just got on my phone and was like, "Dad, you don't believe, you won't believe who just talked to me," and I really was just fanboying after he just told me a good game. So it was a pretty cool experience, and I, you know, I, uh, that's an experience I'm gonna cherish uh, for for a very long time. Go ahead, Zach, and then Chris Murray. Hey, Jacoby, because everything was uh, virtual during this process, this is the first time you're really here in, in Philly with these coaches, with these teammates. What was your first impression of Philly, of the facility, and of the people in the building? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm very impressed. Um, like I said, you know, really and truly, like descending from the airplane today and kind of looking over the city, you know, I, I flew over the uh, the stadium and the arena and the you know the, where the Phillies play, and I, all I could think was you know this is a sports team. 
Um, this is, I mean, this is a sports city. And I'm just excited to be here. Um, you know, one thing about, you know, being up here, there's also a lot of history. So you can really kind of, you know, when, when I have, you know, off, you know, off days, I can get lost in the city. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to, uh, uh, for this new adventure, uh, on and off the field and, you know, uh, inside the city, uh, inside the city as well. So I'm really excited to, to keep learning, uh, the people that makes, uh, you know, that, 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 uh, makes this show go on and, and uh, helps it run smoothly. Um, and I'm also, uh, excited to uh, learn a new city. We'll wrap it up here with Chris and then Jamie. Okay. Uh, first of all, Chicago, welcome to Philadelphia. Um, my question to you, what strength do you bring as a linebacker in terms of your, your on-field play? And what did you do? What do you think you did well at LSU that you're going to bring into the National Football League? Yeah, I mean, um, I know that's one of the things people are questioning because, you know, um, I'm playing linebacker here, uh, you know, for the Eagles and I play safety at LSU. And that's one thing that I say is that I basically did that. At L I played linebacker at LSU as well. I mean, it's just a position title. Um, so the things that you, you know, if you go back and watch my film at LSU, those are the same things that I'm going to do, uh, try to do here, uh, for the, uh, Eagles. I mean, I'm, a, I'm always going to be a smart player. I'm going to be a player that's going to, uh, play with, with a, a lot of passion, a player, a player that's going to play fast. Um, and there's, and there's going to, a player that's going to, uh, be very explosive on the field. Um, I think that, uh, you know, my game translates regardless of what position or, or what level. And um, I'm, just, I'm just really excited to be here and show uh, those coaches that and prove, uh, you know, the scouts that defended me to, to draft me here are right. So um, I'm just excited for that for this opportunity. And that's the only, really and truly, that's the only thing you really ask for. Go ahead, Jamie. Jacoby, uh, welcome to Philadelphia. I just want to know this story about the bet with your grandma. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, so basically, I, you know, I was at my, you know, we call her Big Mama. So um, I was at my Big Mama's house for like the summer. Uh, I want to say I was like five or six years old. And um, I, I want to say I was maybe sitting there like playing around or something like that. And, you know, I was, we were talking and I said that, uh, you know, I was going to play in the NFL. Um, and, you know, I'm five, six years old. My big mama was like, you know, no, you're not. You know, and she, you know, she said that not saying that I wasn't, you know, uh, not thinking I could actually do it. But, you know, as a five, six year old, you know, you want to be president or, you you know, you want to be a neurosurgeon. You know, things just change uh, how the, you know, you know, things just change, just, you know, from the next day to the next. And uh, so she just said, you know, that um, I wouldn't. And she said, you know what, if you become a, a a football player or NFL football player, I'll get the uh, team's logo on my shoulder, on my arm. And uh, well, now she now it's you know for a time for her to get an eagle on her arm, but um, you know she claims that she's still going to get it. We're going back and forth. I'm telling her that she does not have to get a tattoo. You know, I don't want my big mama to go get a tattoo on her arm, but she claims she's still going to do it. So we'll see. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jacoby. Are you gonna? Are you? I'm sorry. Are you gonna go with her to get that tattoo? Are you gonna go with her to get that tattoo? I mean, if if I have time, you know, I hope she doesn't get it. Um, if she gets it, I'll, I'll definitely post it and share it with everybody. <laughs> Hi, Kenny. Um, I just want to ask you, uh, what are one or two or three uh, goals that you have this week uh, that you want to take away from these next few days in minicamp here? Um, just to get to know everybody, just uh, just to make sure everybody, you know, put a name with a face, 
with a body, you know, just to have a chance, opportunity to kind of get to know everybody. Who have you seen so far? Who, who have you run into so far? Um, just the just the people, the media people, and you know, just a couple of the teammates. You know, the the rookies that's been showing up with me. So I'm just kind of putting a name with a face and excited to, to see those guys. Go ahead, Paul, and then Rob Motti. Hey, Kenny. Uh, wanted to ask you about your your older brother Curtis. I I know he's had a what he went through has had a big impact on you at Memphis. Uh, how's he doing? Uh, and can you talk about what he's meant to you when you were playing at Memphis? And 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 I saw where he was interested in becoming a sports journalist. Did he ever get into that? Yeah, he got into it a little bit, um, but. I mean, he haven't. He got his degree in it, but I think he wanna he wanna go farther into it. But he just got to continue to work hard. Um, but his he's doing good. Um, his health. He just had surgery like last week, so he's recovering from getting his pump refilled, and on his right side of his stomach. So he kind of um, in like a little bed rest, just recovering from surgery. But he's doing real good. I'm proud of him. He's working real hard. He's just trying to get back right, man. What did he mean to you when you were playing at Memphis? I mean, how, I know you kind of acknowledged him every time you scored. Yeah, he made he made the world to me. You know, um, just just you know, just trying to find him in the in the stadium every time I score. You know, just to see just to see his smile. You know, cause he, man, every time he smiled, he, he made me smile. You know, and I'm just I'm just thankful to just to have him still here on this earth. You know? Thanks. Go ahead, Rob, and then Les Bowen. Hey, Kenny, I asked this question yesterday of Carry On. Since you were signed, the Eagles' running back room has gotten a little bit more crowded. How do you view that competition, and what do you think you could do to set yourself apart? I'm just going to make sure I come here and just work hard each and every day. Um, what I bring to the table is, is valuable, so I'm just going to try to come into work, you know, do all I can each and every day to work hard. Go ahead, Les, and then Nick Fierro. There we go. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kenny, uh, I saw uh, you mentioned Darren Sproles when you were drafted. Uh, have you been able to meet him or talk with him at all since he's around here? Uh, you know, and uh, how exactly, I know you're both smaller guys, but otherwise, how do you see your games uh, being similar? I haven't got a chance to talk to him, but I relate my game to him because we kind of short and quick, compact, um, and we, we, we quick from A to B. So I kind of relate my game to him by how fast he is and you know how quick he is. They gave you number 14. Did you have any input into that? Uh, it was a number I just asked for. Hopefully, I can get a chance to rock rock nineteen. But you know, I'm I'm gonna fight as hard as I can. Thank you. Go ahead, Nick, and then John McMullen. Hi, Kenny. Um, I just wanted to ask you about the uh, the playbook and everything, and learning this system. Uh, is it any similar to what you did at, at Memphis, or and and how how much do you think you're you're gonna be uh, able to absorb this weekend? Um, yeah, it's just very similar to what I did back in at Memphis. Um, but you know, just just getting just getting able to you know learn more from my coach from my coach. Um, just 
man, really just staying down, studying hard as I can. You know, it'll it'll be all pay off. You know, if I keep studying hard, keep doing what I gotta do. John, and then Dave Zangaro. Hey, Kenny. Last time we talked to you, you mentioned that you didn't necessarily like to compare yourself. You called yourself a rare breed. I was interested to know the way you played at Memphis and split out as a receiver. Sometimes, if how much that helped you as far as developing your all-around skills and you know projecting that to the next level. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big day. You can line up in in a position and run like as a receiver back. I can run kind of run any route. As you can probably name, uh, I'm just a, I'm just a different one, you know, uh, and I don't compare myself to nobody. Dave, and then Martin. Hey, Kenny, uh, wondering how much over the last couple of weeks you've been able to kind of get into the playbook, and and what specifically about it do you like so far? Um, I love the way that you know it's 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 set up for it's set up for playmakers, it's set up for a guy to come in here and and like. Put in that work. It's, it's it's not easy, but you gotta come in and put in that work instead of hard. Go ahead, Martin, and then Zach Berman. Hey, Kenny. Um, I know you were asked earlier about you know the running back room that the Eagles have, but I was wondering like how much it helped you, you know, being in the running back room in Memphis. I mean, you had a bunch of guys who end up going to the NFL. Do you think that kind of helped you prepare, help prepare you for the situation that you're in now? Yeah, so just just having guys that know that know way more than I do, just learning from them, a guy that sit back and learn, and I listen to every detail, and I kind of just apply it, you know, once it's applied, and it shows every time. So I just sit back when I was in college, just sit back and watch Daryl and Tony, them guys. I just sit back and watch them, and I apply everything that they put on the field, whatever they taught me. So that's that's the same way I'm trying to come in and trying to do. We'll wrap it up here with Zach and then Jeff McLean. Hey, Kenny, since you opted out in August, um, you I know you've been working out, but you haven't had like a, a full team football practice in a long time. Um, does that make the anticipation for this weekend any more than it would be typically? No, nah, not at all. I, the way I train is a melee body training. It's, it's just like full tempo runs, tempo routes running, tempo routes out the backfield, tempo like runs. So I'm kind of like preparing my body to, you know, be ready for that. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, yeah, Kenny, uh, you typically get a sense early on from uh, running the running back position of whether uh, – I've heard this from coaches, NFL coaches before, whether they, whether they have the goods. They know pretty quickly at that position especially as opposed to, like, defensive lineman or O-line or, or quarterback, et cetera. Uh, did you hear that from any of the coaches or have you heard that from any other players that you uh, sought advice from about um, knowing pretty much right away, right away whether at least you have the, the, the speed and athleticism to play at this level? Um, I know I had a talent to play at this level and, you know, just, just, just and I'm just honored and blessed to be here, you know, and I mean, it's all going to pay off once, once we go into week one, once we go into count, once we go into rookie minute count, you know, Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hey, Teron. Uh, welcome to Philly. I wanted to ask you, I read that you're uh, a mathematics uh, major. You were a mathematics major. What drew you to mathematics? And do you like analytics? And, and can you use that in, in your football career? Uh, as far as kind of, you know, getting to point A to point B when you're, when you're trying to figure out a problem? Um, I think the biggest thing that um, kind of drew me to mathematics is kind of how, how I was raised. Uh, growing up, my dad, uh, we did a lot of, like, um, remodeling and stuff inside of the house. Uh, and a lot of those measurements and stuff that, you know, put up sheetrock or um, put down plywood on the floor or stuff like that, you know, I think I, that's where I kind of geared into, you know, falling in love with math. Uh, you know, when I got to college, you know, I just, just wanted to stick with something with numbers. You know, I always loved numbers, so, you know, I kind of went the applied mathematics route. Um, but I definitely feel like uh, all that math degree can be applied to football, a lot, especially when, you know, I'm trying to determine probabilities and stuff of a certain play being ran or something like that. So um, definitely definitely use some of that math stuff that I learned uh, with, with a lot of the probabilities of, you know, certain plays being ran. Well, you got, you got the shirt on, the high school. I'm assuming that – is it the high school team, the college team, and then Eagles, Eagles? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thanks. Paul and then Ed Kratz. Hey, Teron. Uh, you've been compared by a lot of people to, to Brandon Graham, your new teammate. I was curious, have you watched a lot of tape of Brandon, and do you see the similarities in style and, and, and body type and, and everything? Uh, yes, I've actually watched some tape of Brandon um, and also Barnett, too, man. 
Um, I definitely see see some similarities. You know, he's definitely a guy that coming in that you know, uh, you know, I'm just gonna learn from and you know, kind of try to build uh, my game. Ed and then Tim McManus. Hi, Teron. Uh, what have these last 11 days been like for you? I know when we talked to you on draft, and, you know, when you got drafted, you were pretty excited and happy to be, you know, with the Eagles. But what, what are these last 11 days like been for you? Have, has your life changed in any way? Did you go back to campus and uh, kind of a hero welcome, anything like that? Uh, so these last 10 days, man, I've really just been around family. Uh, you know, just just trying to, you know, soak up this time that I, the time that I had, you know, before I had to leave. Uh, so, you know, I was just training uh, back home and, you know, just making sure I stay in shape and condition-wise, you know, for, for rookie minicamp. Um, you know, just being around my mom and dad and, you know, some of those people that, you know, saw me throughout this journey. Tim and then Al Thompson. Hey, Teron, was there a moment uh, in college uh, where you re realized that you uh, would be able to play professional football? What was that moment for you? Uh, I would have to say um, my red shirt junior year, uh, it was a game I had three three sacks against Texas State. Um, going into that game, you know, my mindset, it was actually our last game that season, uh, how I kind of gave in that game. And, you know, the dominant performance that I had, I, I really felt like I had opportunity, um, to, you know, to go to the NFL and play at the next level. And really quickly, uh, you 75 is the number you're going to be wearing. Uh, how did you arrive at that number? Well, you know, I wanted to, at first, you know, kind of get a number with the nine in it, you know, to kind of represent my brother, man. But, you know, I'm a rookie, and, you know, I got to I gotta build my way up. I got to earn, you know, that number. So um, the the biggest thing that I came to, you know, there's a couple numbers that I could choose from, but, you know, 75, 7 plus 5 is 12, uh, and that's the age that my brother passed, you know. So I felt like that's, that's one of the ways that I could honor him was wearing 75. Thank you. Go ahead, Al, and then Bo Wolf. All right, Teron, I um, uh, wanted to ask you, you've had a lot of sacks at Coastal Carolina. Um, what was the, the, the big element? What was the key to you being so successful getting to the quarterback? And also, I wanted to ask you, what does the Chanticleer ma mascot mean to you? Um, so I think that the biggest thing, you know, of me getting the sacks and my sack number, man, is, you know, being relentless. Um, you know, after you, you might lose that first that first rep, um, you know, with the hands against the offensive lineman, but just keep continuing to rush. Uh, you know, and just being relentless in your approach. You know, I feel, I feel like that's how a lot of my sacks came. Um, and then with the Shauna Clear, it means a lot to me, man. You know, Coastal was the one team that actually believed in me. Um, coming out of high school, I didn't have anybody, um, you know, looking at me. And, and Coastal came in, man, you know, and, and the coach loved me. And, you know, he believed in me. He gave me opportunity. Um, you know, and, and it just kind of speaks to, you know, what a, what a Shauna Clear is. A lot of people don't know. Uh, it's actually like a. It's it's from the the Canterbury Tales. It's a rooster from the Canterbury Tales, uh, and it's basically the fiercest rooster in the barnyard. Um, so you know, I feel like the Shauna Clear. It, it it has a lot of meaning to me. Um, in my life, uh, you know, and everybody, you know, in my family. Thank you. Go ahead, Bo, and then John McMullen. Hey, Teron. Uh, you know, you were a captain in college, and it seems like that is sort of a, a running theme of this draft class. A bunch of guys who were captains in college, who were leaders on their college teams. How do you go about, you know, trying to establish yourself as a leader while you're also sort of coming in, you know, at the bottom of the barrel as, as a rookie? Um, I think, you know, the same mindset of when I came from high school to college, um, you know, you have to earn everybody's respect. Um, the main reason that I was a captain in college is I did those little things, you know, I did the extra work um, and my teammates respected me enough to, you know, elect me as a captain. So I feel like it's the same here. Uh, you have to earn uh, the vets and everything, everybody's respect, man. You know, um, coming in as a rookie, you know, you have to learn, <clears throat> you have to work. And I feel like 
um, you know, after the vets and everything, they see the way I work, you know, and they, and they see the, the success that I'm having, um, you know, I feel like they'll respect me. Um, and then eventually, you know, I don't know when that time will be, but I will be become a captain again. John and then Martin Frank. Hey, Teron, uh, have you thought about what you want to accomplish this weekend? Obviously, it's not a ton of time, but you want to make a positive first impression. Uh, what do you think about this weekend? Um, this weekend's big, man. You know, um, it's it's my my chance to you know kind of show the coaches who I am for the first time on the field. So, um, you know, I just want to put my best foot forward and really really show the coaches who I am as a player. Um, you know, all the qualities that I've built out throughout my my college career and high school career. You know, I just want to showcase that. Um, you know, just go out there, give my best, and you know, show I'm coachable, and just every day trying to get better at something. Martin, and then Dave Zingaro. Hey, Teron. Uh, I know when, when you were drafted, you mentioned uh, how much, you know, you making it to the NFL meant for you because of your brother and everything. And I was just kind of wondering, like, just what your brother meant to you and how much of an influence he's been on you, um, you know, getting to this point. Oh, man, my brother meant a lot to me, man. You know, growing up, football was the thing that, you know, kind of kept us together. Um, I felt like the way that we showed our love is whenever we would be competing with football, man. We go out there. Uh, we're trying to win, uh, playing. We probably have – I had a large family on my dad's side, so we grew up with about um, 12 people, all my cousins around each other. So we used to have like a little six-on-six -six game when I was younger. Um, so growing up playing football, man, that's that's just how we showed our love. Um, you know, and then throughout his time battling with cancer and everything, man, I tell everybody, he never complained about it. He always had a smile on his face. You know, he was always, you know, trying to make sure that the next person was okay. So, you know, I just tried to embody that. Um, and I feel like whenever I'm playing um, – if I'm on the field, you know, if I'm practicing, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to keep the same mindset that he have, and I feel like that's how I honor him. Go ahead, Dave. Tron, I know you said you, you've watched some Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett. I know you won't be with them at practice for a while, but are there some specific things that you want to kind of pick their brains about and maybe add to your, uh, your pass rush style? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You know, just um, uh, looking at their pass rush styles, you know, um, some of the moves that work well for them, you know, getting better with my hands, you know, that's something that I've, uh, you know, kind of said that I want to get better with my, my hands, you know, in the bend and stuff like that. Just learning, picking their brains and some stuff that worked for them, you know, coming in uh, to work on that flexibility in hands and, and stuff of that nature. Uh, Zach, um, what exactly are you expect, expect, uh, hoping to accomplish uh, this weekend? And, um, you know, obviously I'm sure you've been asked about, you were asked this originally, but you know, with, with Eagles not drafting a cornerback higher than you, do you feel like there's any ground that you can make up during the spring period? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, definitely going into this weekend, um, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Um, just for me with the DB coaches this past few weeks since the draft and, you know, getting the playbook stuff installed, uh, I'm just taking it one, at, one day at a time. Um, going to this weekend and just, you know, doing my part, executing what I have to do, paying attention to detail um, and things like that. Go ahead, Dave, and then Ed Kratz. Uh, what was the Hula Bowl experience like for you? I understand you had a pretty good week out there. Yeah, the Hula Bowl was real fun. I really enjoyed my time down there. Um, just going out the country for the first time and, you know, just being able to have that experience with uh, players from all over the country um, and being able to be coached by Coach Rex. Uh, it was it was a good time. I really had a good week on the field, and and it really played off well to me going into the draft. Ed, Ed and then Paul Domowicz. 
Hi, Zach. And, and your uh, interactions with the, you know, the DB coaches and, and maybe even John Gannon these last uh, 10 days, have they given you any indication what they want to see from you this weekend or any expectations uh, that they have for you going in into this weekend and, and even beyond? Yeah. So, I mean, just like I said, we're just basically all just been taking it one day at a time, um, you know, getting this playbook installed for me, you know, uh, learning the terminology, learning the scheme and, and getting adjusted to that and, Really, just going into this week, uh, this weekend, just really getting my feet wet and, and you know, showing, um, showcasing my skill set, and yeah, we're gonna take it from there. All and then Les Bowen. Yeah, Zach, I wanted to ask you about the experience of playing corner in the Big Twelve. Uh, I mean, it's a, you, you're constantly going up against five wide at five receiver sets. It's a conference that's known mostly for the quarterbacks and wide receivers that it sends to the NFL more so than the corners. What was the experience like? How has it prepared you for this? Yeah, so originally, um, you know, being in the Big Ten, uh, prior to that, you know, the Big Ten's a more, um, it's not so much a pass-heavy conference. Uh, they pass the ball, but going to the Big 12, it was a total different game. Uh, you know, it's like area offenses every week. So definitely going against, you know, some of the top receivers and some of the best quarterbacks in the country, um, it definitely has prepared me a lot uh, for this level. Just every week you're going against a, a guy, and, you know, that's that's what you want at corner. You want to be going against somebody that, you know, that's going to bring a challenge to the table. And it, it was a real good experience being down at Tech for two seasons and being able to do that. Thanks. Les and then Nick Fiera. Hey, Zach. Uh, going into the draft, I looked at uh, evaluations of you, and they were kind of all over the place. There were some people who thought very, very highly of you. There were other people who didn't think you would be drafted. Uh, that's kind of unusual for, for things to be that diverse. Uh, do you have any sense of that and why that would be? Did it have to do with transferring? Uh, what do you make of it? Um, to be honest, I'm really not too sure. Um, you know, I know what type of player I am and, and, you know, my coaches over the past years do as well. But to be honest, I can't really, um, I can't really give you an answer on that. Um, <laughs> that's a hard okay. one. I, I really don't know why they it was like that. It was, like you said, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty different. But I guess it's just one of those things. I also saw that Milton Williams had a, a big reaction to seeing you drafted. Did you know him? Tell me a little more about that. Yeah, yeah, Milton. That's that's my guy. We trained together. Um, we were with the same agency. Um, we were in the hotel together uh, for the past three months training for the draft. So we're we're pretty good friends. So did you have him on the team that you're going to? I mean. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. He's a really good player, a uh, great player, and um, I'm just ready to ball with him. Thank you. Nick and then Zach Berman. Hi, Zach. Um, I, I think we're all pretty curious to to uh, learn about, you know, what, what uh, to expect from Jonathan Gannon's defense. So we haven't had a chance to talk to him ourselves. You have. Um, you know, what, what are we going to be looking at on the back end of that defense? Uh, are we looking at zone? Are we looking at man? Uh, combination? And what do you think you do best? Uh, we're looking at a you know a combination of different stuff. I can't dive into detail, but it's definitely um, some exciting stuff that he's bringing to the table. And um, you know me, I'm pretty versatile. I, I've done it all throughout my college career. I mean, you know whatever whatever it may be, um, you know I'm I'm ready for it and, and I'm ready to get out there and do it. Go ahead, Zach, and then Bo. Hey, Zach, I've seen some scouting reports of, of you as a high school baseball player, and obviously there are brothers of, of yours who, who played baseball. What made you choose 
football over baseball at that point in your life? Uh, well, really, um, going to Penn State, I was committed there for both uh, football and baseball. And um, I was going to take part in the team activities for baseball going into that fall. But um, things just got, you know, it, it started really picking up with this football stuff. And I really didn't have the time on my hands to do it. So I kind of just put baseball aside and went full go for football. Um, they were playing for my scholarship. And, and that's where I put all my eggs in, into that basket for football. How good do you think you could have become at baseball? Uh, the ceiling was real high for me. Uh, it was tough giving up baseball. I've been doing it my whole life. Um, it, was, it was tough. It was definitely a tough decision, giving up baseball. Oh, and then John McMullen. What type of, what type of player were you? Who was like your, your player comp in baseball, Zach? Uh, hmm. I'd probably say... I, I like watching Andrew McCutcheon a lot growing up, but really my my brother Matthew, uh, I, we was playing on the same team in high school, and I, I looked up to him my whole life, and he's went on to play like eight years out of high school getting drafted, so he was really good as well. That's great. Um, can I ask about, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, the, as a corner you want to go against the best guys. Um, have you and Devontae sort of talked about, you know, what those practice battles could, could be like? Have you had some sort of friendly trash talk about that at all? <laughs> no, I, I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. I'm, I'm still walking around a facility today. This will be my first day here uh, meeting all my new teammates. So I haven't really had a chance to meet him yet. Uh, but I look forward to it. You know, he's a really good player. Uh, he's definitely going to get everybody in the secondary better. And, and, and same for us, we're going to help get him better as well. But I'm looking forward to meeting him and the rest of the guys that are here. We'll wrap it up here with John, Mike, and then Al. Hey, Zach, uh, you mentioned over the past 10 days or so, you're learning the terminology, the scheme. I'm curious if there's any similarities to Tech or even Penn State and how different it is. Yeah, um, really over the years, um, you, after playing football for so long, you just start to understand that football really all the same. It's just... Uh, whether what terminologies is, is different, but when you when you break it down, football just regular football, everything is really pretty much the same. Um, football is not really that much of a complicated game. It's it's pretty simple when you when you uh, when you know how to break it down to the to the bare form of it. But I, I definitely have some uh, familiarity with with this scheme, and I'm looking forward to just going out and executing. Hey, Zach, um, you were a pretty good special teams player at Texas Tech, the two blocked extra points and then the fumble recovery, uh, particularly on field goal uh, team. Why do you think you're so good at that element of special teams, and why do you think you're so good at special teams in general? Yeah, uh, you know, field goal block, um, my coach at Tech, Coach KP, he, he instilled in me, you know, that a lot of people take off field goal block like it's just a free play, but – that's where you can really change the game and it can and it can help the team in the long run. So I really started taking a lot of pride in field goal block. You can definitely make some plays. And that's what we were able to do down at Tech uh, was to make a lot of plays on field goal block. And it kind of helped the team in a lot of games. Um, other than that, I would say uh, just in overall special teams, uh, that's something you got to do, uh, especially being a DB, just being able to be versatile on special teams and helping out where you can. And, you know, it's just a part of the game that, that I value really highly. On the return touchdown, did you block the, the, the field goal or did it come from somewhere else? 
Yeah, yeah. Eli Howard, he blocked the field goal, field goal up the middle, and uh, I just caught his deflection and returned it. Thanks. Go ahead, Al. Uh, just uh, one more point, because you answered some of it, uh, Zach, is uh, just can you talk about the importance of being versatile and having impact plays that you just talked about? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely being versatile in this game and, and not um, constricting yourself to just be one-dimensional. I mean, it helps all around, helps the team, um, and it helps yourself. It adds value to yourself. So, I mean, you know, being a versatile player is is something, you know, that, that the game's evolving around, and, and it's a need in, in this game of football. And that's what, something I recognized earlier in my career and, and something that I, I just, you know, took note to. Hey, Patrick. Uh, welcome to Philadelphia. Um, Curious, over the last 10 days or so since you've been drafted, uh, assume you've uh, communicated with the coaches. Do you have a better sort of indication how they want to use you? Yeah, you know, coaches most definitely want to use me all over the field. They know I'm an athletic guy, so just taking advantage of my athletic ability. Um, but, you know, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what we're going to be doing here at uh, Philadelphia. Um, talking with Coach, you know, Coach Nick Rallis. Uh, you know, been in the playbook with him a lot more and just learning more and more every single day. Go ahead, Ed, and then Bo Wolf. Yeah, uh, Patrick, if you could just elaborate on being used all over the field, um, you know, in what capacity, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive end, you know, where exactly? Uh, yeah, um, you know, I've I've been looked at, you know, as a defensive end, middle linebacker. I'm still trying to learn it just like y'all are, trying to figure out exactly how they're going to use me. Um, so I'm most definitely just still trying to figure things out, just learning the playbook. Go ahead, Bo, and then Al. Hey, Patrick, so, you know, what has the process been like? Who have you met so far? Uh, do you know any of these any of these teammates from past experiences? You know, how are you sort of making your way so far? Honestly, I haven't really, uh, really met really many people yet. I just really just got in the building, so I'm finally getting to meet everybody here. Um, it's going great so far. I'm really loving everybody. Uh, but other than that, though, I really, really talked to Coach Coach Nick Rallis, my linebackers coach. Um, that's really the only one I've really been affiliated with so far. Uh, but hopefully, and hopefully here soon, I'll get to meet even more people. Go ahead, Alan and Chris Murray. And uh, Patrick, um, when you got drafted, um, did you kind of look at the situation here at the linebacker spot and see that there are a lot of opportunities here? And how has that uh, impacted your confidence coming in here, that there are opportunities here? Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like most definitely like my, my playing ability and stuff like that, I can most definitely be an immediate impact here for the Eagles and hopefully win a championship here. So most definitely just coming here every single day and just, you know, just bust my tail and just try to, you know, do the best I can for the team. Have they told you that, that the, the opportunities are here for you and your discussions with uh, coaches so far? I mean, uh, the opportunity is there for kind of anybody. You just got to keep working hard. That's what they told me. They said, look, you know, we know what you can do. Just come in here and work hard and, you know, just do what you do and enjoy it. Thank you, Chris. And then Ed Kratz. Yeah, my question is, you said earlier that you like playing all over the place, and some of the scouting reports say that you like to be an edge rusher. What else can you can you can you um, can you defend a tight end? I mean, what are some of the things that you that you can do, especially in the passing game? Yeah, most definitely. If you really look, like sit down and watch my film, you know, I've I've done a lot of stuff in coverage. You know, covering backs, having to cover tight ends. Um, you know, you need to, like sometimes you know I have to take a back, you know, man out in the slot and stuff like that. Um, so like I'm very versatile as a player, but uh, not only that though, I can also play special teams. 
Um, you know, my head coach in college, you know, he he makes sure that I was involved in every single special team. So y'all gonna see me all over the field, but most definitely making plays. Ed and then Zach Berman. Hey, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you what, you know, what have these last 11 days or 10 days been like for you after you've been drafted? You mentioned you talked to, you know, Coach Rallis a lot, but, you know, what what have they been like now that you're, you know, about to enter the NFL here? Yeah, most definitely. It's been most definitely been exciting. Um, it's kind of the past 10 days for real. It really has still been more so just training, uh, just kind of getting in shape for mini camp. Make sure, you know, I'm, I'm in at, at least a peak shape where I can perform at a very high level. Um, but other than that, though, it hasn't really been nothing crazy. Just working hard. Go ahead, Zach. Hey, Patrick, I'm, I'm not making this comparison, but the last Chattanooga native to be drafted by the Eagles was Reggie White. Um, yes, what does, does uh, Reggie White's legacy kind of hold in Chattanooga and how, I guess, I guess, familiar were you of him growing up? Most definitely. I was most definitely very, very familiar of him. Um, he was actually he went to high, high school right down the street from mine, only about maybe five, about five, seven minutes away from me. Uh, so just, you know, actually playing on his field uh, that he went to high school. That was a pretty cool opportunity to do. But you know, like his whole legacy, even in Chattanooga, I mean, he was just a great player. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, I can be, you know, just like him, if not better. So uh, just come in here and work hard and try to be like him. Are there Eagles 92 jerseys in, in Chattanooga? Honestly, man, you don't really see them as, that much. As, okay. You know, that's, that's the crazy thing. You probably see more Titans jerseys than anything. Thank you. Thank you. John McMullen and then Paul Domowicz. Hey, Patrick. Uh, curious about Nick Rallis, uh, uh what kind of impression he has made on you. He's very, I think he's the youngest position coach in the league. His brother's a WWE wrestler. I, I don't know if you know that, but. Uh, curious what kind of guy he is, what kind of impression he made. Man, he's a guy that just wants to teach. You know, I mean, he's, you know, even though he's teaching me, he's also learning off of us. Um, he's a very, very smart guy. I mean, like I can tell right off the bat when he's teaching me, it's, I mean, he knows his stuff uh, on a very, very high level. Um, you know, I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to teach me what I need to know in order to, you know, achieve my goals here at, you know, being an Eagle. Go ahead, Paul. Patrick, you mentioned uh, playing special teams at Tulane. Uh, special teams for a late round pick off, often is the best way to make a team. Uh, you've always enjoyed it. Yeah, most definitely, man. I mean, that's that's part of that. I mean, special teams can win you or lo uh, win or lose you a game. So I mean, you got to take that just as you know serious as playing defense or offense. Um, so, yeah, so special teams has most definitely always been, you know, something I took pride in and making sure that, you know, I did my job there just as much as I want to do my job as a defensive player. Hey, Melton, uh, there's been a lot of this pro day that you had um, and how it kind of blew a lot of scouts away. Going into it, did you know uh, that maybe you needed to impress based upon perhaps the level of competition you faced in college or – what was it you think that really kind of pushed you to those limits? Um, going into it, I, I kind of expected to to do to do well. I think well, one interview I did after my pro day, uh, I talked about how I, I competed at Exos's pro day about two weeks prior, and that I had uh, broke the record for the forty yard dash and uh, three cone and things like that. So going into it, I, I knew I was going to be one of the most athletic defensive linemen in the draft. And um, it just, I just got to put it on display at my pro day.
Go ahead, John, and then Bo Wolf. Hey, Melton. Uh, welcome to Philly. Um, you were pretty excited. It looked like when Zach got drafted by the Eagles. How close were you guys and are excited to have him along as you embark on your first rookie camp? Well, your only rookie camp, but your first uh, <laughs> NFL, NFL camp. Yeah, so um, I didn't really know Zach until um, I signed with uh, a United Sports Group and we were training the Exos together. So me and him had a lot of conversations about uh, training and what's coming up and what's next. So uh, once I once I saw that uh, he was coming to Philly with me, I was like, man, that's it's gonna be perfect. Good just going up to Philly. Uh, I never been here before, first time. Uh, but uh, bringing somebody up here, I, I'm kind of familiar with somebody I can just talk to and uh, have a conversation with and things like that. So I just thought that was that was cool. Bo Wolf and then Ed Kratz. Hey Milton, uh, what are your uh, what are your impressions so far of, of Coach Rocker? What do you make of him? What kind of coach do you think he's gonna be? Man, I think Coach Rocker is a great dude, man. Uh, I think I'm, we're going to have a lot of fun with the guys in the D-line room. And I, I'm pretty sure he, he's going to uh, hold everybody accountable in the room and make sure that everybody is, is getting better every single day. But so far, a uh, pretty good dude. I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fun. Ed Kratz and then Paul Domowicz. Hi, Milton. Um, welcome to Philadelphia. Just – want to uh, ask you, what are two or three goals that you would like to get accomplished uh, over these next few days and, and through the rookie minicamp here? Uh, really just, just come in, get acclimated, get get to know everybody around the facility on, on, a, on a name basis. Um, learn as much as I can for the first couple of days, get, uh, get a lot of the calls down uh, and, and things like that. And then just... Uh, like I said, getting to, getting to know everybody, getting to know all the coaches, uh, showing them what kind of person I am, showing them how hard I work, and that I want to be a part of this team and and be able to provide something that that they don't have here. Paul, and then Dave Zingaro. Yeah, Milton, uh, they slid you inside and outside uh, in college. Uh, you, you made a decision to add the weight after the season. Um, what went into that? Uh, I mean, did you decide that's where, you know, I mean, that was going to be the most beneficial to, to, to be heavy enough to be able to play tackle? Um, actually, the, the last season, I was 285 the, the whole season. So, um, so you put it I, yeah, that, I, I was 285 the whole season. I don't know. They, they never really uh, changed it or switched it around, but I, I was played at 285 around this, around this uh, past year so. Um, I, w I was going to play, play defensive end coming into the year, but um, the scheme I was in, they felt like uh, they could use somebody like me on the inside, be able to use my athletic ability on guards and things like that, and I took advantage of it. Go ahead, Dave, and then Zach Berman. Do you feel like that was best for you going to the next level, was playing inside? Why? Uh, I feel like it, it just gave me – opportunity to, to learn, uh, learn another position on the defensive line and uh, get more uh, versatility in my game. I think that's one of my, my, my best traits as a defensive lineman, being somebody who you can play at almost any position on the defensive line and, and be productive. So this past year, just playing inside and getting used to seeing uh, block combinations and things like that, uh, I think it helped me a lot. I know it'll be a few weeks before you, you – get to be in the same room with Fletcher Cox, but is there one specific thing you want to learn from him? 
Um, one specific thing. It's it's really not one specific thing. It, it'd be a combination of things. Just what what do you do to to? How did you become the player that you are? What do you do to, 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 to stay at that level year in and year out um, and things like that? Just try to pick his brain on, on everything. You know, he's he's been in the league for a while, and he's been productive almost every year he's been in the league. So he's definitely somebody I'll be trying to uh, pick his brain. Zach and then Ed Kratz. Hey, Milton, I was, I was, I was going to ask you about your weight as, as well. You said you played last year at 285. Is, is that the range you – expect to play at going forward uh, do you think you need to add weight or is this the comfortable playing weight for you uh, I'm comfortable where I am right now but if I need to lose or if I need to uh, gain I'm pretty sure they'll let me know but it, it's their decision whatever whatever I need to do to uh to fit it in this in uh fit in with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, I'm gonna get it done so lose weight gain weight it don't matter Ed and then Jeff McClain yeah, Milton, just curious, uh, your early impressions of the city of Philadelphia. I don't know if you've had a lot of time to look around, maybe after you, you know you came up after the draft, and, and also of the uh, Eagles facility. Oh, very nice facility. Uh, I, uh, as soon as I got off the plane, uh, one of the, a fan greeted me and asked me for my autograph. He had a Louisiana Tech helmet and a Philadelphia Eagle helmet, so I signed it for him. But So I asked him, I was like, how did you know that I was here or whatever? He said, man, look, I saw the uh, Philadelphia Eagles dude walking around, so I knew you guys were coming in today. So I don't know how long he was there, but I just thought that was pretty cool. He knew who I was and uh, got a signature and things like that. So, so far, great city. Haven't really got to uh, go around a lot. I came straight from the airport here and got around all these uh, great people, but it's been pretty good so far. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, Melvin, I was curious to know if you got a- of uh, maybe the hullabaloo of what happened in the draft room and how it's broadcast on TV about there being some dis- uh, agreement between uh, Howie Roseman and uh, Tom Donahue about the selection. And I know you mentioned Tracy was was a guy you spoke to a lot in the pre-draft process, but wh- who were some of the personnel scouts that, w- that were really on you during the process? Uh, so about uh, the war room, um... Uh, they, they, Philadelphia picked me for a reason. They saw something in me and I'm excited to be here. So, uh, I don't, I don't really take much, take much from that video. I'm here to do a job and, and they picked me for a reason. And, uh, as far as the scout I talked to, um, I really don't remember his name, but I was talking to, um, coach rocker, talked to him a lot. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. 
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.